Welcome to the first live edition of If These Balls Could Talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. Surprise, surprise, we are live. Hello. My name is hey, Mark everybody. Pesci. My name is Mark Pesci. With me, as always, is the Frodo Baggins to my Sam, John Campania. What's going on, John? I do like potatoes. Who doesn't? I heard like you potatoes? can boil them and put them in a stew. Mm-hmm. You can do so many things with potatoes. That's pretty fun. I, I do like breakfast too, so I guess that works. <laughs> What's up, Mark? Uh, things are going great, John. It's a very busy time of year for, especially in the real estate biz. But you know, the real estate biz. I'm you're, sleeping you're on. Mo- you're a mogul. I'm a mogul. I'm on my way to mogul status. Yeah. What would be like the Selling Sunset show in Rhode Island? Because there's not a lot of sun. What there was selling? today. There was today. So what are you selling in Rhode Island? Really? Are you selling rocks? We're selling the. We're the ocean state, so we yeah. sell the ocean. I don't know. You sell the ocean. <laughs> I sell the ocean. We 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 sell houses that are much cheaper than Massachusetts. That's for sure. Ooh, snap. Ooh. shots fired at Massachusetts. No, no it's not, sh- not a shot. Not a shot. That's just housing prices are a lot more in, uh, yeah. in Mass. Rhode Island. Well, that's anyway, because okay, Katie lives in New Hampshire now. I live in New Hampshire. She does. Yeah, she she <laughs> went away from. All good. Now, we don't know about those guys from Mass. Yeah, except for no, all our friends that them. are from Mass. Yeah. Never mind that. Uh, as per usual, with us is our producer and our version of Loki from the MCU because he's <laughs> because he's so mischievous, Pete wow. Stefan. How Hello. are you doing, Pete? Doing okay. I'm a little uh, frazzled here, trying to make sure everything's working. You're doing but I, great. I think it's working. Can you guys hear Pete, us? You're okay. Doing awesome. Yeah. For for our many 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 listeners that are on the stream. Hi, Steph. <laughs> and I'm I'm a little upset because I couldn't get my camera to be not mirrored. But my shirt says probably late for something, courtesy of Steph's The Long Weekender Boutique. Hey, free Ooh, plug. I love it. Free plug. Which also, the late thing. <laughs> she is the creative director, though, so she can get as many plugs as she wants. And it's on brand because it also has to do with time. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you got it. There it is. On brand. I like I synergy. I <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I just did that weird thumb thing. That, that's it's not going to happen again. You can be weird. It's live TV. <laughs> right. With us today is our good friend and our security blanket for our first live broadcast, Katie Fox. <laughs> hey Welcome everyone. to the podcast, Katie. Hello. I'm, I'm just going to keep saying you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> Katie, great. our first conversation about live podcasting right. was like, well, we need somebody who like actually has live has podcasting experience. And, like, has live podcasting experience. I'm like, well, we could just ask Katie. She should be back on the show this season. Well, it's hilarious that you say that, because when I first started in this not that long ago, I was the person who whose full time job it was to do this. And I was like, anyone else? Anyone else want to be on camera? I'll be behind. I'll be the Pete. I'll be like behind the scenes. I don't want to be on camera. But it's, now it's a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. I you're on camera all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You get used to it. Hopefully this just becomes second nature for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, now it's just what we do. When you think about yeah. it, the audio podcast felt like this crazy and nervous nerve-wracking weird the first couple times we did it and it got better mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. got better mostly got better. <laughs> i would hope so otherwise i mean you're two two seasons almost down so i mean I you're killing it to break the fourth wall i have the questions <laughs> good job Pete. good job <laughs> in Sadio. case you are concerned when we, get to we that have point, questions i can i can read we Sorry. say on we say on the other show that I do. Uh, if you you have Q's, we have A's. It's all going to be okay. We got this. We've got this. All right. Let's say we get to know more about our friend Katie, shall we? Yes. Now, first of all, Katie, we wanted to start the show and take a moment to thank you for your constant support and inspiration. Oh, the guys and I knew we needed to have you on our first live episode, and as you put it, take the leap. 
Uh, in that theme, can you talk a little bit more about Leap Into Live event that recently concluded at the end of April and maybe how it started? Oh my gosh, I'm wearing the t-shirt. I, yeah, I'm, all right. Synergy. 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 <laughs> uh, by weird chance, I happen to be wearing it today. Um, yeah, yeah. So we started a colleague of mine, Stephanie Garcia. Shout out to Stephanie. Uh, another Stephanie. Uh, we started this event called Leap Into Live uh, Streaming Bootcamp was the original name back in 2020, pre-pandemic. So we thought we thought up this Ooh. idea based on what we were seeing in the marketplace that it would be really fun and, you know, and, and an engaging experience to create this virtual event where we could bring on all of the experts that we work with all the time to share all of their level of expertise about live streaming and help just demystify the entire experience for people, help make it less scary and more actionable and, you know, kind of help guide people towards it. It ended up working out really well for us because literally right as we opened up ticket sales, the whole world shut down and people were yeah. like, we need to know how to live stream. <laughs> so, um, so what we like expected to be, you know, an event with maybe 150 people. I think we were like, yay, 150 quickly uh, skyrocketed to over 6,000 people that were attended that first event. And we not, we have done it every year since. Uh, usually it changes topics. So we've done two years of leaping into live streaming. And then we did one year of leaping into podcasting. And then this year that we just wrapped uh, in at the end of April was leap into live selling. So the whole world of Amazon Live, um, you know, shoppable video, monetization, how to sell uh, online with video. So it was just a lot of fun. I learned a ton this last one because I have never done live selling myself other than kind of watching some of the experts I work with. So mm -hmm. I'm now super inspired. I'm like, I'm like, okay, if I can get my Instagram account above a thousand, then I can apply <laughs> for Amazon live and, and get ready. Go. I'm going to sell all the products online. <laughs> Should be super fun. Did you feel like you were on the home shopping channel? Like you were it trying did, to like, it show does. Them. I like, I feel like like, yeah, live streaming already feels like that. And I, fun fact, I worked for the shopping channel for years. It was one of my, I first, remember that. First yeah. Oh, wow. So I was like, That's it's very cool. full circle for me. I was, by no means ever a host. Are you going to have like was... your Amazon warehouse in the barn next time we yeah. come with all the big racks and all the resells and toiletries and stuff? I don't know what her husband would say about that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not allowed any stuff in the barn. That's, not that's not the barn. Yeah. It's okay. We want to keep the questions going and talk about some incredibly interesting things that seem to always go on in your life. Uh, I've always been a big fan of reading and beer. Uh, and I noticed mm. that you just included a books and brews sale, which is like both of those things. We did. Uh, tell us tell us about the sale and how it started. And uh, also with more bookstores in our area getting their liquor license, what do you think about this obvious marriage? Like, where has this been all our lives? I, I, I love these questions. I love, <laughs> I love that you're able to pivot and be like all the interesting things that Katie I definitely did didn't stalk <laughs> your Facebook this week to figure out what you were doing in your life. But didn't. I love it. I, okay, so for... For those who don't know me, um, I volunteer uh, on the board of the Friends of the Amesbury Public Library. So Friends groups uh, for the library are the groups that help uh, do a lot of fundraising and all of the money that we raise goes directly into the library for like programming and additional materials that the library uses. Uh, our library is a very awesome historic building that has a ton of challenges that come with old, cool, historic buildings. So there's not really like a great space for us to have our used bookstore. So we've had to think a little bit outside the box over the last couple of years. So obviously, you know, libraries are all about community and about bringing people together. So uh, we reached out to a number of businesses in uh, in our city in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and 
Uh, we have, I think at this point, five breweries who all work Ooh. really collaboratively together. Wow. And so last weekend they were doing a beer mile. <laughs> so they were, they <laughs> were going that? from, they were walking, um, citizens of Amesbury were walking from one brewery to the next and trying different beer. And so one of uh, one of the stops along the beer mile was at Bearwolf Brewing, who are incredible. And so they um, they provided us with the space to have a used book sale. So it was just a really wonderful coming together of, you know, just uh, citizens in the community who were there to support the library, a whole bunch of people who were there to enjoy all of the new beer. They were launching a new brewery that weekend. So it was just like this really fun community like such a cool event. event. That is yeah. super fun. Yeah. We were selling boxes of books. Like, we were selling we were selling beer, fill a beer box filled with books. Oh, that I was love like it. our last that was idea. our last <laughs> <laughs> hour of uh, yeah, and I was I was bad. I bought all the books first day when they were all like full price, still used books prices, oh, but no. full price. And then the last like couple hours we're like, we should just do a beer box full of books. And I was like, okay, more books. <laughs> now I have so many <laughs> books myself. But yeah, I really I think um in answer to the second part of your question, I think that breweries and beer culture really is just so at least at least where I live is so incredibly community focused they really want to give back they really want to create this space of like welcoming inclusivity and so I think it's just a really perfect pairing to give um particularly like parents the opportunity to have like a space where it's family friendly like you know obviously yeah. kids aren't kids aren't drinking but the ability to be able well, to yeah. have you know books and toys but and the games can and drink things. yeah That's so right. and like, stand up arcade machines Exactly. Yeah. So all of the breweries in our town have like arcade machines. They mm -hmm. have, you know, um, either like ping pong or pool or air, you know, air hockey. And Mark, so have you ever been these, to like, the one Dean really likes? Mini the library one with Golan yeah. Axe. And yeah. 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 That's the one he likes. Dane, by the way, Katie's husband. Hey, Dane. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> he Dane. Doing, he was doing the beer mile while we were lugging books, although he did pause <laughs> between to help us move things around. Mm -hmm. So that's all right. Very useful. That's a good husband. There are at least two up here um bookstores that have liquor licenses now yeah and yeah. they're oh awesome. that's right they're so awesome the food's great the beer's great it's all micro mm -hmm. it's a really cool bookstore it has coffee in the morning i just i cannot believe that this has taken so long to get here seriously seriously yeah yeah it has we have one we don't have any in in amesbury in the city that we're in or adjacent to at this point <laughs> Uh, but there is one in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and there is one in, uh, I want to say it's either Lawrence or Methuen that actually the one that's there is like a full Mexican restaurant and Amazing. has this like bookshop inside. Yeah. So I think it is becoming more of a thing. I People want to be able to for her birthday because I took yeah. it off. We had a fun time. Yeah. They want to be able to read and, and chill and yeah, enjoy time. Well, they want to be able to chill. And finally, Katie, how are your creative projects going? So we talked about your <laughs> 90s movie podcast, The VHS Club, on our last episode you were on. And it yeah. seems to be going very well. But I wanted to take a moment and to let you discuss your rating system with potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, how does that work? Yeah, so if you, if you haven't been keeping up with us, um, I run a 90s movie review podcast with my best friend on Thursday nights. Uh, hey, Nat. Yeah, hey, Nat. It is... Super fun. It's entirely just for us to be able to hang out together. So anyone that wants to come and watch us hang out together and watch movies, you are welcome to join. The potato rating system spawned from a like inside joke from when we were kids. We used to joke. Um, I don't even know exactly where it started, but we had this endless joke with our friend Adam that the potato of death was coming to get him at night. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I wish that I could remember the details of it because it's just so ridiculous. So oh I was trying to, Nat and I have this game every year of trying to one up each other with ridiculous birthday and Christmas gifts. Um, so last, I think it was last Christmas, 
Um, I realized through a coworker that you can send potatoes in the mail to each other uh, through a, a company called Potato Parcel. There's probably others, but there, there's Potato Parcel, and you can have you can print whatever you want on the potato, and that loves Christian Slater. So I printed Christian Slater's face <gasps> on this potato, and I sent it to her. It's like an actual potato, so it only lasted. It's amazing, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we took all the photos of it, and when we were thinking about like a, a movie rating system, we were like. We should do the amount of Christian taters uh, that a movie we think that a movie gets. So it has become our our ridiculous rating system, and it's it's, it's just it is amazing, honestly. Christian yeah. taters, that's funny. Yeah, I went. I think I called him Spud Slater, and that was just wasn't as good. So she wins Christian on that taters, one. Christian taters, yeah. Yeah. Christian Tater is better. Yeah. And what was your most recent review, and possibly your next one, if we can get a sneak preview? Yeah, yes. so uh, we did a uh, a Shakespeare kick. So we were doing um, movies that were inspired by Shakespeare, mm. um, ne- mostly 90s teen movies. So ones that you can think of. And then that ended with uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which oh, is like hands one. down our favorite. Oh. And so you then did, we were you like, did 10 Things oh. I Hate About You, right? We did 10 Things I Hate yeah, About yeah, You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We did uh, Hamlet and O. And then we were like, oh, and now we're in, now we're in Baz Luhrmann and poor, we're remembering how much we love those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, oh, man. So we uh, next up are doing Strictly Ballroom, which so Baz Luhrmann did six movies total. We're just reviewing uh, three of them, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge and Strictly Ballroom. So next Strictly Ballroom and then Moulin Rouge. Was that the Romeo and Juliet with Leo in it? With Mm -hmm. Leo. So it's the only one. (laughs) It's just that one. There are no others. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there was a movie, a Romeo and Juliet movie from Zeffirelli was the director and it was terrible and it was in the 70s or something. Oh, see, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That was the one that my school teacher back in like oh. ninth grade said was like the correct version and didn't let us watch <laughs> the uh, the 90s version. So I think I need to see this, it yeah. sounds like. You've never you seen the 90s Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Do not oh, tell your no. sister-in-law. She will <laughs> be mad at you. Well, okay. It she sounds like cry. we need to have a movie night then with this. Yeah, we, we need do. to have a movie night. Okay. It's fantastic. It it is the exact uh, script. So mm-hmm. it, they they are actually just reading Shakespeare, but it's Romeo and Juliet and Claire Danes. And for in a, a while, we setting right with like a modern set in the setting. Set of swords. It's set it's in the nineties. The guns are called swords, and not even just called <laughs> Wait, swords. <really>? Like, <laughs> It zooms in on them and they say like the brand this is, is my sword. sword. Yep. And then <laughs> the, it has like different sub brands. So like some people have have a sword gun that is a rapier sword. Rapier and sword gun. Are, yeah. Wow, so, so it, technical. It's yes. very technical. There are Claymore lots of lots gun. of details. Yep. Lots of details. <laughs> my gosh. So I have another really important question. What's the best Hamlet? Oh my Ooh. gosh. We thought about this. So it, best Hamlet of all time versus like best movie adaptation of Hamlet. Well, that's what I mean. Or, Best yeah, movie adaptation like, of Hamlet. Like the Mel Gibson one and the Kenneth Branagh one. I think the Kenneth Branagh one is... I is, love the Kenneth Branagh one. ...is the best. It's preposterously long, so if you're not so Shakespeare... It is not the movie for you if you're like, I don't really like Shakespeare. Don't watch this one. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's really well done. What I didn't know when I figured out researching was that uh, I didn't know that The Lion King is based on Hamlet, which makes really? a ton of sense really? now that you sense. think about it. But yeah, they were. I kept coming up like as I was searching, it was like Hamlet movie adaptations. They were like The Lion King, and I was like, "Well, that's wrong." <laughs> and then I looked at it, I was like, "Oh wait, you think no, about it, it though, right?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. not to just jump big titles, but Denzel's um, Macbeth that they just did on Apple TV is a masterpiece. Oh, I've heard that's, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. 
tops yeah. like so good he's still so so good at everything that, that might have to happen steph says book nerds unite <laughs> right there <laughs> awesome there we go. i'm just reliving my childhood i'm like every time we watch one of these movies i like pull the book off my shelf and i was like gonna read that one next <laughs> yes. gonna, gonna reread that yeah shout out to steph in the chat our number yeah. one fan tonight i know yay hey, hey. using emojis <laughs> whatnots i know (laughs) (laughs) love it all right let's say we get started are you ready everyone hell yeah yeah. ready for these sports questions the nfl announced their season their then their full schedule last week it will open with the defending champions kansas city chiefs facing of all teams the detroit lions a couple years ago this would not sound like an enticing game but the lions have turned heads and could be somewhat competitive next season There will also be a Bills and Jets uh, game on Monday Night Football during the opening weekend with the debut of John's favorite player, Aaron Rodgers, on his new team. (laughs) So other matchups include a Super Bowl rematch of the Chiefs and Eagles during Week 11. The teams with the two top picks from last month's draft facing off in the Panthers and Texans. And of course, the Dolphins and Bills playing each other twice. So everyone, what game in the NFL season are we looking forward to the most? I don't know. I haven't really even thought about it yet, Mark. You know, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the Eagles and the Giants, and they for, they're facing each other twice as well. That, and there's a that lot could of, be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, pretty much any uh, NFC East matchup is actually going to be pretty enticing. I mean, you have the Cowboys and the Giants as well. That's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. sneaky, difficult division, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very, right? very. I mean, I guess it was last year too, so maybe it's not so sneaky. It just is a tough division. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just is. It just is. But it's like the Eagles, yeah. who are the best team in the NFC, and yeah. um, the Cowboys, who are getting better. The Giants, who are technically getting better. I don't know, so, but the Cowboys getting better. I feel like the Cowboys are always like pretty good. I think. I, I guess <laughs> if I had to better. say at this point in there, the there NFL preseason that yeah. I am most excited about is the guys that i want to see play like anthony richardson like how do uh-huh. the colts play with a brand new quarterback who's very athletic and exciting like i don't know it's funny you but mentioned that. that the patriots and colts are playing each other in germany i believe Ooh. they have one of those european games but it's it's gonna be anthony richardson more uh, than that's likely. exciting uh, yeah i'd like to see that yeah. Then, yeah so anthony richardson katie is um he's this freak of nature out of florida who mm-hmm. um he bre- pretty he basically broke all the quarterback records in the combine, which is like when they go out and they run and they jump and they see who's stronger and faster. And so yeah. he beat everybody. And then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna sit here and wait till I get drafted in the top ten, which he did. <laughs> He's like a basketball player playing hawk uh, playing footballs. I, I love it. I uh, I taught myself one year how um, at least the basics of NFL so that I would be able to keep up when we did like Super Bowl parties and things. Um, so I still good. I still cheer for the Tennessee Titans, which were my random team that I picked ah. to follow because I was living in Canada and I was like, those guys have great uniforms. I've been to Tennessee. <laughs> so that was my team that I followed. I still have a jersey and everything. I'm like really in. <laughs> That's a really nice stadium. I went down to Nashville a few years ago, although oh, the cool. uh, it was for a Patriots game. They got oh, yeah. they got annihilated by the Titans. They shouldn't have. Tom <gasps> Brady was on the team too. Yay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Tom Brady Patriots team, and they they lost. You that was a really good playoffs. Just, years ago or no nope, yeah. this was during the regular season oh during the regular season okay oh, yeah wow. yeah this was all part of my my cousin maddie he, he organizes a big patriots trip every year and that year uh we C went to nashville mm-hmm. that awesome. yeah, we went to nashville Jealous. i have very cool sports town yeah great uh, hockey I, I, town too which you never expect b- believe it yeah. or not yeah the predators yeah yeah 
Um, I, I have vowed though. So it's been a few years since I've been on Maddie's trip. I vowed that this year I'm going to go like regardless should, of when it you is. Should go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You should broadcast. Life's oh, too yeah. short. You oh could, yeah. You could do behind the scenes the whole way. There you go. Yeah. Maybe I can get a GoPro or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You should get a GoPro <laughs> and one of those portable shirts that Doc has. Mm-hmm. Just put our logo Katie, Katie could hook us up. on that and say like balls cam. Have you seen the? I oh, it's not up here. I just got Doc it. I'm so excited. When we were on the show, Doc showed us. No, 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 not the um, not the microphone. <laughs> the um, there's a a, a cool gimbal called oh. the Insta Insta 360 Flow, and so your oh. it gives you like a little mount for your phone, and it's got a magnet on the back, just clips to it. But it like it self stabilizes. Like I'm terrible Steadicam. at selfies and any kind yeah. of video with my phone, but it takes like helps you take way better video with your existing phone so yeah if you're gonna do a fun behind the scenes that's like a good thing to have in your bag so that's a steady cam and that's been a thing for many years but camera technology has gotten so much better where the original steady cams were giant backpack huge (laughs) harnesses it's like Like, this big like like, do you remember um so actually um you guys in the movie aliens maybe on Mm -hmm. kate's vhs man yeah not yet but it's on the list vast alert the 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 girl that has like the huge freaking gun that's like mounted on this yes, thing. I know what you mean. That's awesome. that's what the original Steadicams looks like. Yeah, they're much smaller now. There's a, a yeah. cool company that makes a really neat one. See, this is what happens when you hang out with Doc Rock. Is everywhere you go, he's like, buy that. And I'm like, all right, it's so uh, cool. I guess. Oh no, <laughs> he's obsessed cool, with the gear. Um, like AI assists that they use now yeah. too. So they like they know where your face is. They follow your face. I actually got really into product that they got kickstarted. Maybe. I don't know, three years ago, it was a drone that would lock on to um, a, a, a wristband. It had oh, like cool. cohesion technology. And so like yeah. if you were if you were like snowboarding or skiing or doing any sort of action sports, it would fly over you and it would it would sort of so um, cool. film you as it went, which was yeah, the coolest just knows. thing. Hey, baby, do you want a next topic? I'm going to ask my one sports question because that's all I wrote for Katie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Lions hit somewhat of a bump in their Cinderella story. And we we're just talking about the Lions lending credibility to their hard, hard knocks curse. After a great 2022 season, the Lions became favorites to win their division uh, in this coming season. Uh, at the end of now two weeks ago, this took a turn as an NFL investigation found that Lions players, Jamison Williams, CJ Moore, Quinton Cephas and Stanley Barryhill had been gambling on sports. Uh, Moore and Cephas ha- were found to be gambling on NFL games, which resulted in their indefinite suspension and their immediate releases from the team. Uh, the Lions front office reacted immediately and made a statement commenting on the poor decision-making of their players. So what are our feelings on the ethical repercussions of sports gambling by professional athletes? And with all but two of the players in this not even betting on NFL games, do we think they should have been punished? In a lot of respects, it's not fair, right? Because yeah. you have gambling ads all over the place during sports of uh, sporting games and all the advertisements just on TV and mm-hmm. just around the stadium. And yet the players aren't allowed to gamble. Now, th- this is a double-edged sword because in a lot of respect, they probably shouldn't. But they shouldn't bet on their own games. Like, what's wrong with NFL players betting on baseball or basketball or something like that? that yeah, like that doesn't point. that shouldn't really affect the game. It's it's the, that whole integrity yeah. of the game thing. If it's a different sport, sure. I wouldn't even say if it's a sport that doesn't affect their division or their games. Like if yeah, you know, if it's not for them, uh, yeah. yeah, if they're not yeah. betting on their own. You do have to be a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I mean, can see that. Being Pete Rose a bit of a isn't slope, in the but... Hall of Fame, right? Pete Rose, one of the best baseball players that yeah. ever played, got caught gambling on baseball, and isn't in the Hall of Fame because of it. 
I mean, I guess the counterpoint to that would be if it's been really made incredibly clear to them and they're all oh, being absolutely. paid quite well for what they do, then it's like, well, you you knew that you weren't allowed to do this and you did it anyway. So That is definitely one thing the NFL, like the NFL doesn't do things very well, but they make it incredibly clear to the players you are mm. not allowed to gamble and you're especially not allowed to gamble on an NFL facility or yeah. while traveling with the team because that's that the the players that got released, the, that's what they did. They They yeah. gambled at an NFL facility. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. The rule well, follower just has to be is like, reproach, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, they had they could have a direct impact on the games. The absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, I think the, the ethics of it is kind of important. Um, just like discussing in a way where they can't be able to say, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars because they're rich if you throw this game for me," right? Yeah, and then I'll make also, money I mean, of it, and then I'll split it with you, right? You know, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. They know, they know all the other or many of the other players on other teams, so they technically could sway things. Yeah, that that was my worry too. It's like, hey, I want to get my buddy on like this other team a big contract, so I'm going to like do some betting thing or that something yeah. that gives incentive, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. I kind of want to know. Uh, how did the NFL find out about this? Like, are yes. they monitoring the? How do, are they monitoring all the players' phones? I mean, I could totally see the NFL doing something like that. How how, how does something uh, like that come up? I bet they got narked on. Undercover you think, you think fantasy they got, football, like undercover fantasy football <laughs> <team> <laughs> <members>. <laughs> fantasy police. Hey, I'm totally not suspicious, dude. Here, joining your team. I love the awareness of NFL players on fantasy football and the things, the choices oh, that they make that impacts it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I know I didn't have a good fantasy day, but like my ankle was broken. So I just had it. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and I mean, fantasy football is technically gambling for the most yeah. part, especially if that there's is, money yeah. involved. So why is that? OK, right. Right. Yeah. There's just some yeah. intern that's watching all of them 24 seven. It's just like, you know. It's Stu. He's just keeping tabs. Stu. <laughs> Stu. Job. Yeah. Every, Stu. every team's got a guy that just has yeah. to do that every day. <laughs> Everyone's got a Stu. Intern Stu. I was trying to think of a, of a generic name, but there's already a Pete and John here so and a Mark. So I was like, um. Yeah, we're yeah. Pretty, I like Stu. Stu's a great name. I like Stu. Stu. Hey, I'm sorry about that next topic there, Mr. McD. Actually, it's time to get a little serious. So in the continuation of a topic we've discussed mm. on a previous episode, Memphis Grizzlies player John Morant is back in the news after being shown on social media again holding a gun, which is a direct violation of the NBA regulations. This happens after just two months in another social media post where he did the same exact thing at a strip club. Morant has shown a pattern of alleged disconcerting behavior, including threatening to shoot someone on Twitter, threatening and assaulting a mall security guard, and beating up a 17-year-old during a pickup game. To me, this seems somewhat similar to the pattern of behavior that Aaron Hernandez displayed, by, mm. by which ultimately led to someone getting murdered and Hernandez ultimately committing suicide. So, everyone, is it likely that John Morant is becoming Aaron Hernandez? What do you feel should be done to adjust his behavior? And as parents, what would you do to alter repetitive bad habits of your children? I mean, I think that John Morant Oof. is probably and and. I'm going to say it very, very generically, a, a subject of his of his life, right? And so I think he just doesn't know better. And I don't think you're going to teach him any better now because he's a millionaire. I don't think we can call John Morant Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez clearly had mental health issues. John Morant might, but also he might just be a thug, right? You have to. That's, that's have essentially to, what Aaron Hernandez was too, though. Right. He, he thought he was, his, his shit didn't stink. And... Well, I mean, there's a difference between thinking you're better than folks and thinking violence is the answer right oh, and sometimes yeah. people choose violence because because they were taught violence right yeah and if they were taught violence and that's what they know then that's what they choose 
So it's it's funny you mentioned that because while researching this, his dad got caught in a scuffle with of all players Dylan Brooks, a another Memphis Grizzly teammate. Uh, it was I forget which game it was, but his his dad also got into a little scrimmage, so to speak. Mm, a scrimmage. Mm. A scrimmage. That's not I'm the right not word. Okay That's not scrimmage. the right word. <laughs> a bad scrimmage. I was just gonna say. I mean, in the end, though, like all of these people are in the public eye, and so yes. I, like it comes down to. What is the obligation of someone that's in the public eye and what is the level of censorship that goes around it? I think the last episode that I was on, we talked about like Britney Spears as an example. Mm -hmm, Like when, mm -hmm. when everyone is. Who's still a mess, by the way. Yeah. Who's still a mess. (laughs) I mean, and probably will always be a mess, but like at what point, like at what point does he lose his job? Because, you know, like he is out there in front of a ton of, you know, kids and, you know, and people as, as a mentor as a leader as a professional in the sport and at like at some point it feels like you know you can't you can't censor people from saying things on their personal you know personal social media or or you know out in public but you certainly can take away their job and can take away yep. their platform I mean, if john so. morant brings a gun into the club why shouldn't i right yeah and like and i just i i mean I don't know. I censorship is difficult across the board and I it can be really dicey, but like those feel like they are bumping up against against laws and probably likely against what exists within their contract. I would imagine like Mark, that. Did, on that note is like what I was going to ask. Did you look into the morality clause of the NBA? Cuz I am not yeah. aware of it, but I know all professional athletes do have a morality clause. Well, well, within the NBA specifically, there is actually a clause in there that they are not allowed to show that they have a gun like on social yeah, media. Yeah, you would think that he's like violated that. It actually specifically yeah. states like a gun yeah so he's in trouble for that and it, there's a possibility that he he more than likely won't lose his job but there is some talk out there he could be suspended for all next season for this because this is a second offense yeah, yeah. But like it feels like it's bumping up against crimes but granted i like i grew up canadian so it we like wouldn't have been allowed to have those guns so i, I don't know what the right. like i don't know what the rules you, are around you like americans what you're allowed make to me nervous yeah exactly right. But he needs so he, he needs a too. he needs a swift kick to the nuts for because he's just not behaving poor like all that great. Uh, what Sounds I like what I feel therapy. what what yeah, I feel uh, yeah, the Grizzlies like help yeah yeah what I feel the Grizzlies are missing is that veteran presence. So mm. essentially, someone to be that enforcer within the locker room and just yeah. and tell everyone you know stop acting like morons. Yeah yeah, yeah seriously no, that, they needed Doctor J. In Dr. J or like a, a Kevin Garnett was like that on the on yeah. the Celtics. Actually, that 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 championship team in the Celtics had a few. Uh, in fact, Kendrick Perkins, who's a, a commentator on ESPN, said the same exact thing. It's like, yeah, he he needs to be like slapped across the face. He didn't say that exactly, but Sounds I know that's like what it. he meant. <laughs> I know that's what he meant. When it comes to a team having a mentor like that, do you think? I, I guess maybe it depends on the team, but for a player like this, it's not always going to be just that kind of fatherly figure or whatever in the, in the locker room or the one with the most experience, like it might take somebody that's also a superstar that can lead by example and yeah. showing as well as telling. Well, he is the, he's the guy in Memphis. That's, that's one big problem. I think that's the other problem, right? You, yeah. you need somebody. Needs Roy Kent, Pete. Exactly. Roy well, Kent. Roy Kent, when he was still playing. Oi. Right? Oi. <laughs> that's kind of, well, I was then thinking, maybe, well, I mean, Keely. Maybe the answer is that he needs to be made an example of so, yeah. so that other people don't take on the same, you know, behaviors. And like you said, maybe yeah. it is, maybe it comes down to some kind of like, maybe it's not that he's fired from his job, but maybe he is suspended and needs to seek some level of counseling because the, that kind of behavior 
regardless of how you feel about guns. Is so just they not tried counseling, right? They, that, that was the whole thing that they did last time. He did like a two week program yeah, and he was like, really? he was like, oh yeah, I've learned my lesson. And obviously he didn't learn his lesson. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know. I like, I guess, yeah, it comes down to like what exists within like a morality clause or what, yeah. what, what can they do based on what their contract is mm-hmm. with him? So, yeah, it sounds like you, you need serious commissioner league level intermission or inter Intervention here. Intervention. That's the word. The, the word on the internet right now is that they're going to make, and like Katie said, they're going to make an example out of him. And I'm, yeah, they they're should. throwing around 25 games, which is like, what, a quarter of the season? That's a quarter of the season. Yeah. But I, I did hear it's that it enough. could be as much as a year as well. It yeah. should be. Thanks. What they really have to do is suspend him without pay. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why Absolutely. Would we yeah. Yes. So, uh, us having a couple of parents on this episode, have we had an instance where kids have not been? doing what they're supposed to multiple times and had to do something. I like my kids a lot. You do so have I'd a good say kid. Ja- I'd say Jamie and Kieran are like the most well-behaved kids I've ever <laughs> met. Right? <laughs> they, are, they have vested interests in being good. But I think a lot of that, for kids at least, comes from them feeling safe and secure. I think yeah. That's a good point. I think a kid that doesn't act out doesn't need to right and and i mean not every time right it's every kid is different and every yeah, person some, is different, right but some, a lot of the times just can't be held i'm sure when little kids are acting out it's because they are scared at home it's because they have learned yelling it's because they want attention and they don't care what attention it is yeah. i mean that's a lot of the reasons and so you know you say oh your kid's so good well it's you know because they're not really wanting for anything yeah i mean i i agree with all of that i would say my my two are polar opposites in personality. They but are. I, <laughs> I did. I did uh, mention. I did notice that John only mentioned one of your two. I know. Kids. Yeah, I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, like, no. um, but I, w- with my daughter, I like. I almost feel like I have the opposite problem of that. In that, and maybe this is because she's a girl, or maybe this is just because of her personality. But she, she often is like taking on and apologizing for other people's behavior. So I, I thankfully have never had a situation where either of my kids has like done something where I've had to be, you know, called into the, <laughs> called into the principal's <laughs> office or, you know, had to like really have a long conversation with them. But I feel like it's a, and I'm sure John feels the same way. It's like a, it's a day-to-day process in trying to help them be good people and make good decisions and mm-hmm. like, and both be kind to others as well as not take on everyone else's crap either. <laughs> like it's not like if some other kid is acting out and it, you know, and they're yelling and freaking out has like, you know, made you upset. You don't need to apologize to them. Like you, you, that's not your problem. <laughs> you need to, yeah. you need to give them time and space away to figure out what's going on. So I, that's been an interesting challenge on my end with, uh, with at least with Scarlett has just been like, and really at the end you know, of the day, they're going to make all their decisions, yeah. especially when they grow up without you. And so you just have to give yeah. them the tools. You yeah. have to be like, you okay, give, that's a you're, great, a, great point. you're a good person and you are a smart person. And if someone makes you sad, yeah. That's bad, but I mean, you don't necessarily need to to apologize to them for that, right? If so, like the yeah. conversation recently has been, if someone mean, if you feel like they're bad, you don't have to say sorry. You like, also don't have to be to friends with them. Like, I, you don't have to be friends with everybody, right? We were literally having this conversation today in the car where Scarlett was asking like about if I had any friends that I'm no longer friends with. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I have that. Like, it's okay to not be friends with people. <laughs> like, yeah, and right. it's okay to be friends Seriously. with people and then decide that like, you don't want to be friends anymore. Like, that doesn't mean you don't like them. That doesn't mean that like, you right. have to have a huge fight with them. Sometimes you just 
like have different personalities or it's not fun to spend time together anymore. It's okay to not be friends with everyone. That's yeah, a tough life lesson. Interesting conversations. Yeah. It is time for the next topic, okay? So like I said, no more sports questions. Um, <laughs> but I do have some interesting questions. And so I just learned about this and I'm really excited. Um, there's going to be a new animated comedy coming out on Max next week, right? Max, not HBO Max, which mm. also happens to have the <laughs> cutest trailer. Uh, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai is going to be a prequel to the 1984 film Gremlins. Gremlins. And it's 1990 sequel, which is still probably the best sequel in 90 movies history. It's uh, up there. It has a very diverse cast and features Ming-Na Wen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Matthew Reese, uh, who we should all remember from The Americans. Um, while Gremlins is one of my favorite IPs, I'm, and I'm excited it's getting another shot, why doesn't Hollywood have any original ideas anymore? <laughs> also, why was Gremlins 2 so good? <laughs> These are such great questions. That, that is a great question. And, and you know, Hollywood just rehashing ideas, is, is this is definitely not a new thing. They've been doing this for years yeah. and years, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, look, look at how many just, versions it, of A Star is Born there, there have been on the big that's, screen. Yeah, yeah. Right? Every 15 years. It's a, yeah. I think it comes down to a, I mean, it, it's a money grab against nostalgia, oh, right? So that's absolutely. Mm. We, we are now all reaching that point where they're like, they're like, we know that you have enough money and that you loved gremlins. <laughs> so yes. we're going to make this exactly what I was thinking so that you buy. I mean, it's the same thing with all the stuff, you know, all the Star Wars movies. It's the same thing with all the superhero movies. Like it's, it's all playing off of. All the variety of nostalgia. There's, I agree. I think there's no original ideas out there. There's still original movies coming out to some level. I mean, they're. I was always know, surprised that Gremlins stories. didn't get like mm. another shot. It was such a good idea. I think it really was. while Gremlins 2 was really fun, it was super stupid. And they jumped the shark like 12 <laughs> times. They so went through the screen and they burnt some holes in the film. And like. Oh, there was a Hulk Hogan version too. There was a Hulk Hogan version. There was a Hulk Hogan version. Hulk Hogan version. Yeah. And Only so, in the theaters. Maybe they just didn't want to do Gremlins anymore. But like Gizmo yeah. is a cool character and 3D Gizmo, man. I am so excited for live action Gizmo if that ever happens. Yeah, I think it's, it's time like to give the it a reverse again, of yeah. what Disney is doing. Disney is like, let's take all of the cartoons and make them into real life. Right, <laughs> and Gremlins right. is like, let's make real life into, yeah. into cartoons. Well, let's be honest. I mean, I don't even know if they have the infrastructure in Hollywood anymore. The puppeteering skills and just, yeah. just the scale of what they used to be able to pull off in the 80s and 90s for those yeah. animatronics and, and all the, the, the puppeteering. Imagine like Gremlins practical. So, both, so many so things. Hard. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, and there was yeah. a level of forgiveness too. I think, like you know, yeah. we watch. If you rewatch those movies now, you're kind of like, oh, it's a oh, absolutely, weird. All, all those '80s <laughs> movies. Yeah. If the yeah. VHS club starts doing '80s movies, I, sw- I, I, I think well, that's all did, you should talk about. It's like we how, did Labyrinth because that, that's like Labyrinth is like okay. life, and they and they <laughs> if they redid Labyrinth, I would cry. But I, it's. It's one of those movies where like, and not any of the puppet movies where you like, you rewatch them and you're like, these are creepy. And also like, how did we think that this was okay? Where were the parents? Like, there's a lot of questions, but yeah, I think if you tried to redo them now, it would lose because the expectation of like realism is so high with everything that's possible. I feel like it would just look like they failed. Like, not that they like, not that they were trying to be campy or cool or fun. It would just be like, what are these puppets? <laughs> what? Like kids would just be weirded out by all of it. Yeah. There's not the suspension of disbelief anymore. Yeah. We've lost a little bit of the magic, I think, in filmmaking. But, you know, that just reminds me, uh, and I mentioned this, I think, last season. I remember rewatching the uh, the Adventures of Lois and Clark, the new Adventures oh, of I Superman. I love, oh, love yeah. that show. And that I came out in the one. 90s. That came yep. out in the mm-hmm. 90s. And I yep. remember I, I was I was 
uh, fairly young at that point. I remember like watching that show and I was in awe. I was like, oh, this is so great. And then I rewatched it and it's like, oh my God, this is just awful. It ends, it ends though <laughs> yeah. on a cliffhanger. So like I rewatched yeah, it. I know, I had the same I, know. Feelings. I was like, this is awful. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh no, this show doesn't end. I'm so upset again. I'm I know. <laughs> yeah. Some of them hold up and some of them don't. I, cause I'm rewatching Dawson's Creek right now. And that one actually holds up. That one like, holds up. It's, it holds up thankfully, real well. Like, thankfully, teenage <laughs> angst is, is timeless, right? It's James timeless, Van Der Beek is yeah. a treasure. Yeah. I hated him when I rushed that show originally. And, and I what love him rewatching it. He's on a show as himself as an adult, and they, they make fun of the fact that he's James Van Der Beek, and I forget what the name yeah, is. Yeah, that, that show would, like, was very short-lived. Um, oh. I remember what you were talking about, though. Well, it was his like, Instagram uh, and TikTok. The, the bitch in Apartment great, 23 yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. The Bee in Apartment 23. The Bee in Apartment 23. Which I actually really liked. I really liked that show. Also Christian Ritter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Season okay. three of Breaking Bad is probably the best one because of her. It was a really good show. I I, I was very uh, surprised it didn't get a lot of traction. But... Every show that I like is canceled, which is why I tend to wait a good couple of years <laughs> until I know that it has like at least mm. enough episodes where I'm not going to be horrifically disappointed when well, I the start Harry Potter show will never get canceled because <laughs> Max just does things runner. that'll work. It's too big to fail. That's true. Too big Matt, to fail. Yeah. Matt, Max does know how to put out good shows, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they do. They do some of the best shows on HBO, but mm-hmm. now it's not HBO anymore, so I'm concerned. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to make the switch next week and they're gonna have to put out good content that isn't Game of Thrones, and then I will be convinced. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll but see. I mean I think I think the Harry Potter show is gonna be very good. I believe in I it. think so. We'll I think they're so. gonna take a chance, I think, to do and um, write more of a case of recycled IP, which is all we're getting now. But um more of a chance to like take a thing and explain it more mm-hmm. like like it would be in the book, right? Because you have just a lot more time. I like that versus versus sequels or um or remakes, or right? Remakes, like yeah. I, yeah, I'm on I'm on board for like let's take a character and tell their backstory, or let's like I I, I don't know I'm on board with that if I like a show and they do a really good job with it. I you did I just think, say that yeah. you don't have time for any shows, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I got Derek and Mark to watch The Last of Us, and one of the best episodes of I The did. Last of Us. I did. That's on my list. Oh, I was going to watch that no matter what. That that was so good. One of the best episodes, though, they take these two characters, which are these two men that get married. They meet each other in the apocalypse. Is this the Nick Offerman episode? This is the Nick Offerman episode, which is the best episode of the whole season. It's one of the best episodes of television. Spoiler alert. One of the best episodes of television. (laughs) And what they do is they explain explain the passage of time between when the world ended and where we are in their life and relationship. And it's so powerful and so beautiful. And it's a story that they never tell in the game, even though both characters are in the game, the husband, Mm -hmm. both husbands. Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. I like, I, I dig that. And that one's on my, that one's on my list. Nat jokes that, um, that like, I actually don't even have a physical list. She's always just like, is this one on your list? I'm like, it is. It's nearing the top of the list. (laughs) It's nearing the top of the list. My list is like this list in my mind. And then Dane comes in and is like, Hey, let's watch Queen's Gambit. And I'm like, yeah, that's on the list. Let's do it. (laughs) It's there somewhere. We'll do it. Did you finish that show? I did. It was really good. Ah, I, really, good I mean, so much I knew it was going to be because I actually I trust everyone's guidance and recommendations. I just get maybe like one hour of TV at night if I'm lucky. Um, so, yeah, I just mm. got to pick carefully. Pete and, I have a, Pete and I have a chess friend who actually has like a rating and everything. And Whoa. Um, uh, he tells us that the chat Queen's Gambit was so good because they got actual advisors. So the chess is real in Queen's Gambit. See, I feel like that cool. even though I know nothing about chess and throughout the entire show, I kept having to like pause it and be like, is that actually a chess move? Do I not know how to play chess? <laughs> like, I, I guess the there chess were moves was hard that they to follow. Were doing. Yeah, that sure. I was like, wait a sec. But yeah, it, it does seem like it was pretty accurate. And I think <laughs> it needed to be real because 
to tell the story accurately. It's the same reason Mr. Robot is good. Mr. Robot is um, Mr. Robot. on FX about um, this um, computer hacker. I'm not going to get into it. But the computer stuff, like I knew that, right? The computer yeah. stuff is real. And I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. The computer stuff is real. So like the only <laughs> show ever that did it realistically. The only show ever, Pete. I uh, love it. This is a Unix mainframe. I know this. Get the next topic now. All right. So this is my last sports question. Uh, but the move for the athletics seems to be more and more likely as the team announced that they have reached an agreement with Bally's to build a stadium along the Las Vegas Strip. The current lease in Oakland ends next year in 2024, mm. and they could conceivably play in the same stadium their AAA affiliate plays in. This follows two franchises making their home in Vegas recently, including the Raiders, who also once called Oakland their home, mm. twice even. Yeah. So, everyone... Does the potential marriage between the athletics and Las Vegas seem worthwhile? I mean, I think for teams moving, especially teams that are kind of struggling, moving is a good move. And I mean, that's why there's a million movies based on it. And it happens all the time because to get better when you're bad, you need an influx of money and mm -hmm. building a brand new stadium and getting a brand new fan base is an influx of money. So I think it's a good move for the athletics. I mean, Oakland kind of sucks. Do Oakland people, does. Do people in Vegas watch games like do people live absolutely in vegas oh, yeah, i just went I to vegas for the I know, first time it's tourist right right yeah, no yeah. no that's definitely from people. the strip yeah every person that have has talked to me about professional las vegas sports have been tourists however every person who has told me about it says that both the hockey stadium and the football stadium are are literal cathedrals to sports. They mm -hmm. really, yeah, they really. Yeah. So I just went to Vegas recently for work, and I'd never been before. But like the stadium, like is intense. The football stadium is intense. Like you drive by, it's like right oh, there, yeah. and you're like, whoa, wow, football is here. This is, <laughs> this is a black obelisk place. to yeah, sports. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So I mean, certainly yeah. the money is, and the inside is of those places is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Their their pregame, their media presentations, they're all top notch. I mean, they they definitely try their hardest to be, you know, Vegas sports. Like it, they have yeah. an identity already, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess worst case they could have concerts there, even if the sports right, yeah. didn't do well. Uh, yeah, people would go to concerts. Yeah. Now yeah. keep in mind, it is though no, it, it around Las Vegas. Like you have the strip. But around Las Vegas, there's, and this is the realtor in me, so much open land. Yeah, <laughs> you could put yeah. so many football stadiums, <laughs> like just around the the the, mm -hmm. the strip. Like even it's, even the play, even the stadium um, for the Las Vegas Aces is is Aces. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that's probably the nicest WNBA arena. Yeah, and to me, it's actually kind of funny that the NBA is going to be potentially the last. Uh, big sport that's going to make it to Vegas because that was probably the first sport that made Vegas like a possible destination for franchises because yeah. the NBA had the, their all-star game there like about 10 years ago or something like that and they got kind of put in everyone's head that okay maybe Vegas can actually support a franchise and now they're maybe going to get three franchises so we'll see and to, to your point like does anyone really live in Vegas I mean <laughs> It doesn't Sorry, really matter. Vegas. Sorry, Vegas friends. Please don't judge me. <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter where you yeah. live as long as you go to the game, right? I mean, yeah, that, that's true. That's yeah. just going to be another like tourist attraction, like you know Cirque du Soleil. Like we're going to go to Cirque du Soleil, and then we're going to go see an athletics game. If I'm in Vegas and there's an athletics game, I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. that's a really good point. Really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope they have an indoor stadium. It's it, it, it's hot in the summer. It's hot. Oh, I'm sure. Speaking of Las Vegas Aces, I hope that Kelsey Plum comes to New York now that her husband's here. Just saying. <laughs> She's really Just saying. wonderful. Just saying. I want to say, though, in all this, 
You mentioned two Oakland teams leaving Oakland. I, I do kind of feel bad for Oakland. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've walked. I know. No one wants to be in Oakland. I've been. I know. But like I've been Sorry in Oakland. Sorry if anybody listens in Oakland, but I mean, kind of sucks. <laughs> there go the four Oakland listeners. They're just gone. <laughs> so the gold, the Golden State Warriors used to have their home in, in Oakland, and then they moved across the bay to San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. Did. Better did. Everyone chooses to leave. Steph and I were in San Fran, I think, 2017. She can correct me if, if I'm wrong and she's still uh, tuning in, but she's in the chat. Okay. She's in the chat. So yeah, but she's like 15 seconds behind live it's, fact. It's check She'll get this eventually. Let's go. <laughs> what was yeah, the year? No, live fact check. I think it was what, 17 or 18. One of those two, but yeah, I remember we walked a little bit in Oakland and everybody like there is just, just looked like disgruntled Raiders fans. But they were all, but they were all wearing Raiders gear. Like it was oh. like, Oh, they, it, their fan base is, is phenomenal. Very, very, very faithful and, and so that's passionate. How, that's how Toronto yeah. fans are. Passionate Shout out to story. Toronto fans, which I, I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. despise. They walk around feeling sad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just sad because they just can't get there. Mm. When so I went, went to, uh, last time I was in Toronto, we went to Second City in, in Toronto. and they Oh, talked Second about, City, I'm on board with, but Toronto Sports, not a fan. And um, it was funny because the comedians in Ontario were telling Ontario jokes. Yeah. And they were making fun of Quebec like it was yeah. funny. And I got some of them, but not all of them. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you're talking about the Queen. I don't get it. Uh. Yeah, there's, a, there's no love lost between Quebec and Ontario. <laughs> and certainly between Montreal and Toronto. Hello. Do you have a next topic? I do. Mark asked a baseball question, and Peter's been asking me to ask this question. So, Peter, I'm going to finally ask it. Good. Uh, I've been to 14 major league baseball stadiums all over the country, including the Cubs, Guardians, Brewers, Twins, Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, Blue Jays, Angels, Athletics, Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. Uh, Melanie and I tried to go to as many as we could before uh, together before Jamie was born, and COVID aside, I have dreams of continuing to go with her. And so what stadium should we go to this summer? And what's your favorite major league ballpark and why? What's the list again? Oh, the list? My list? My list is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say it again. Cubs, Guardians, Brewers, Twins, Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, Blue Jays, Angels, Athletics, Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. You've been to, I mean, some good He's cities. been to a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I personally have not been to Wrigley, so I would love to go to Wrigley. Yeah, that was, I was going to say, have you done Wrigley? But it sounds like you have. Um, so. But the, <laughs> the stadium, believe it or not, that I really want to go to next is actually in St. Louis. Oh, you um, want to go to the Cardinals? I want to see a Cardinals game. It's yeah. I, I don't I don't really uh, I don't know really why that is. I mean, I've never actually I've been to one Midwest stadium, and it was in Chicago, but obviously it wasn't the Cubs. It was actually at the the new Comiskey and uh, on the north side of Chicago. I think I got that right. And but all the other stadiums I've been to have either been on the West Coast or the East Coast, and it's very uh, so there haven't been many that have been in the middle. Um, I don't know how many I've been to now that I think about it. I'll, I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, I, you guys should, you should have a competing I don't think list. it's 14. I don't think it's, <laughs> I think you have me beat. I think you have me, but I've been to a few that you haven't. Like I've been to Seattle. Uh, I've been to, uh, Washington DC. I want to go, I want to go to a, uh, a national scheme really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's a really nice stadium, but you know what? It's a cookie cutter stadium though. It looks, it, believe it or not, mm-hmm. it looks just like the one in Seattle. Like it's, it was so weird. Cause I, I actually went to them like fairly close to each other. I think I went to DC first and I'm walking around the stadium and Did, uh, DC is like, moment. oh, this looks nice. And then, yeah, I walk around Seattle. It's like, this looked exactly the same. Um, at least like, you know, like the concourse and like where the concessions are and all that. But wait, uh, 15. I didn't write the Diamondbacks. I've been to the Diamondbacks. Ah, that's right. Because you Huzzah. talked about the pool. 
Huzzah, the pool. Is there one in Minnesota? You should go to Minnesota. Yeah, there is. Insane. Target Field. He did. You did go to that one, didn't you? You did. That I was on your list. That one too. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Because that was what what we did. Um, actually, right before Jamie was born, is we drove to Chicago. Oh, and that then was a long. We drove ride. from Chicago to Minneapolis, <laughs> and nice. so we did on that. You went trip, to Milwaukee on that trip too, yeah, we, right? We did. Uh, uh, we spent a night in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, by the way, one of the best cities in America. Disagree. And it's right on the water. <laughs> and wasn't it? It's beer and cheese, and not what do you think it's Milwaukee? Nothing. Just not one of the best cities in America. Beer oh, and cheese. Didn't they see so that good. list? The beer, other day cheese, and baseball uh... on the water. I mean, this is like and fish fry. They got fish fries things. too. Yeah, I like Milwaukee yeah. a lot. And anyway, we went to. Um, we spent <laughs> a night in Milwaukee. We went to a Brewers game. It was awesome. Brewers Stadium's awesome. And then we drove from Milwaukee to Minneapolis. We met some coworkers that I had, and we went to a Twins game. I had a Juicy Lucy. Do you guys know what a Juicy Lucy is? That sounds dirty. I can't remember. <laughs> Say it again. What is it? I know it. I know of it. Juicy Lucy is two hamburgers yes, mashed okay. together with cheese in the middle. Okay. That's what I thought. Wow. But thanks for confirming. Sounds amazing. And Super so Midwest. Ju- it's apparently a Minnesota thing. Our first night in Minnesota, we um, went to a Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, it was late. And um, we had the nicest waitress, but her, her her Midwest accent was so thick that Melanie and I, I couldn't stop it. laughing. <laughs> They're like, the oh, best. from the city. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. so adorable. Love and it. they adorable. and yeah, we did a conference one time in like like out in the Lake District in Minnesota, and it was like these these like older women. It was at this beautiful, like out of dirty dancing movie like complex. And there was these women that came up and they had a tray with milk and lemonade. We were at like a professional work conference, and she was like, huh. Would you like any milk? Or lemonade. Or lemonade. <laughs> and I was like, this is a weird choice. <laughs> like okay. the, and then in the morning, they were like, coffee or chips and dip? I was like, again, like just <laughs> a weird combination <laughs> for the morning. <laughs> like it's a little early for chips and dip, but thank you. I, yeah, just a, wow. a adorable. adorable like so hummus, honey. <laughs> yeah. No, not yeah. even. No, it was like, no. it's like ranch dip and yeah. chips. Oh, Hidden Valley Ranch. It's like yes. a staple. Lots of white food, all, all kinds of, of white, white food. food. Not white people, not racism, <laughs> just white colored food. Lots of white colored food. Right. Disclaimer. The literal color white. I mean, the literal no. color you know, white. Who knows that? The literal color white. But Minnesota is fantastic. One of my one of my favorites. So, John, what's what's on your what's the next one on your list? You think? Yeah. What's, what do you, what's on top? Um. So Jamie is in charge now because she's in charge and uh, she wants to go to Kansas City and St. Louis. Ooh, yeah. So those will be probably close there to There you next. go. Exactly. Perfect. That's yeah. what'll probably end up happening next is we're probably going to drive to DC. I think she's old enough mm. for DC and yeah. if I can mix it with a Nationals game that would be awesome. That's not that, that far of a, a drive. Trip for her, not yeah. that far of a drive. Yeah. Then we no, can spend a day cool. in DC. We can we can do yeah. a night in the park and yeah, spend a million dollars to stay. It's a great, but it's idea. a super fun. It's a super fun trip, and all the museums are free. Maybe so um, when we right. go visit Mr. Stoltzfus, <laughs> um, he can take me to. Um, I don't know, and probably just an Orioles game. Though I've already or, already been. Jamie hasn't, so I'd love to bring Jamie to Camden. That's true. Like I, mm-hmm. the 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 counter kind of restarts with with Jamie because how many <laughs> is she going to go back? She, right, yeah. she has only been, been Yankees to mm-hmm. Yankees, and we went to the Guardians with her, so she's been to the Guardians okay. stadium. And I think they were still the Indians then. I definitely second going to Kansas City. Uh, I think you guys should do that. Maybe after they have waterfalls in the outfield to Kansas City. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium. So Steph and I drove by that, and like we went to Arrowhead, and that just 
we didn't go in them, but we drove right up to them. Speaking of Steph, by the way, she uh, to take us back real quickly as an aside. Side, <laughs> side delayed topic. comments. <laughs> Super delayed comment. Steph says, uh, "Don't get the Last of Us canceled, Katie." Yes, so, she also so says. So if you start uh, watching it, just make sure make sure you hear enough. Behind. No, <laughs> no I, she I, really I, is. She's that far behind. They they are that far behind. I don't know what oh you. No. Done. I also missed oh, it. No. I, I should have picked she, it up sooner. She does also say that um, that seventeen. So you're you are right. Two thousand seventeen, <laughs> Pete. You're right. Okay. Apparently for the first time. But I, the I'm first not time joking. ever. I was right. <laughs> first about time something. ever. How many years of marriage and this is the first time that you're right? Yeah, oh, the first man. time in forever. Exactly. Oh, careful. Don't sing too much. You'll get us canceled. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to pay. Less no than more than three seconds, seconds, man. I yep. did it. Success. Yes. The rule is to badly <laughs> sing so that it's not <laughs> comprehensible. Right. Sing so right, Mark, badly. What's on your list? Even the audience doesn't recognize it. I mean, yeah, Rick, Kansas City. I would love to do St. Louis, Kansas City. Pete, where are you going to go? I mean, baseball, though. Even though you don't know, where are you going to go? You can even pick a football stadium if you want. I don't even care. <laughs> or p- pick a random city. I'm sure there's a baseball stadium there. <sighs> to, to go back to Milwaukee, I, I would like to see uh, yes. Green, Green Bay Packers Stadium. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Would you wear a cheese head? That's important. I feel like you need to wear a cheese head if you're there. I mean, as long as the Bills aren't playing them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe even if. Go in, yeah. in your Bills oh, gear. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, I always vi- when we visit That's when a legendary Yankees are playing. Stadium, like when we um when we went to see the Guardians, it was when they were against the Yankees, and so I wore my, all my Yankee stuff, and we did. And then um we were sitting surrounded by Yankee fans, and so they all thought <laughs> I was being loud, and they thought I was being loud the other way. I was like, look at my shirt, I'm being loud the right way. And so we had a nice talk about being from New York. Okay, <laughs> being loud the right way. That's incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next topic. <laughs> So in his third week, the Writers Guild strike has put a halt to lots of new television programming, including all the late night shows. For those that are not aware, this strike is over the lack of compensation specifically for streaming shows and also to keep up with inflation. Streaming shows have also changed the length of a job as shortened seasons require less time than the normal full year commitment of a broadcast show. The last strike happened in 2007 and 8 and lasted for 100 days, and many insiders are predicting the same will happen for this one. So everyone... With the WGA strike, what do we watch without new programming? <laughs> 90s movies. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't affect lie. me, although I think you should pay the writers. That's I could, I, I could watch them. I could watch Clueless forever. Will you come on when we do Clueless? You and Mel need to come on and join us yeah. for the show. There you go. Mel knows every word, so no pressure, Mark. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> oh, I, I, I could quote a lot from that movie, too. But probably go. not as much as your wife, but Ooh, I, I can... She knows every word. My job's affected quite a bit, too, by this writer strike. Um, we, oh, I'm sorry, We've had Pete. to take All precautions, and like, yeah, like my bosses, too, they kind of knew for almost a year that this was coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we've been planning ahead as far as we can, but I mean... Eventually, you run out of backup plans, right? So yeah. no writers, nothing gets shot. When nothing gets shot, VFX companies start going out of business really quick because our entire industry is based on high volume, not not profit margin. Right. So uh, yeah, this affects everything all the way down the pipeline. So uh, you know, execs, if you're listening, pay your writers. They deserve pay the it. writers. Pay I, the writers. Like, there are no shows without writers. There are that none. That is and very it, true. And writers across the board are so undervalued and so underpaid. They really not... like the streaming wars and the fact that they can charge $22 a month. Yeah. Seriously. Just right. You, you think it'd be a do. no-brainer. It's like, you, you know what shows are the best and get the highest ratings? The ones with the best writing. Yeah. 
almost yeah, it's funny how that happens, right? Right? The, right? The ones that get the highest ratings are the ones with uh, literary source material. Let's be honest. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yes, yeah. the best writers because it's already been written. I will say this: I have been watching shows that I I used to love. Like I'm I'm rewatching New Girl right now. Nice. Oh, That's a yes. solid one. I rewatched that one recently. Mm-hmm. Does it hold up? It does. I think nice. I think so. What do you think, Mark? I think so. Yeah, I think you so. You know what doesn't I, hold up? I, How I Met Your Mother doesn't hold up. Oh, bummer. It's I was thinking that. But, yep. I, I mean, I will that. say. I still love that show. <laughs> there were some great episodes in that show, though, still. in I mean, New Girl has like Schmidt moments that are probably oh, yes. somewhat yes. controversial, yes. but I just love <laughs> yeah, him right. so very much that I'll let <laughs> I it slide. There's a charm to that show, though, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Pete and Steph discovered Brooklyn Nine-Nine like 10 years after it aired. That's another amazing one. That's a great one. That's a good I think one. that'll be timeless too. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Samberg is great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Thirty Rock will 30 Rock last well. forever because that's one of the best sitcoms mm-hmm. on TV. Television. I'm also re- I'm also just finishing rebinging uh, Parks and Recreation. Hearts mm. and Rec. Yeah, that's another great one. I am c- currently catching up on Better Call Saul. I don't know why I stopped watching it, but it is as good as Breaking Bad. So I'm like three I've quarters heard that. through I've now, heard that. and it's not done yet. But three quarters through now, like season six. So we're starting. It's interesting because now we're starting to mixed timelines so you're seeing characters because they were like oh the time should work out we can yeah. bring up characters from um, Breaking mm. Bad now I was going to say um, so like been... this is running longer than Breaking Bad did so eventually it's going to catch up right yeah um, well what they might do is they might just flip it right because what they're doing is they're talking mm. um, the beginning of every season they have a little meanwhile action where they're doing what Saul is doing when he's in you know whatever Midwest city he went to and um, it's all really good and really interesting so far that's cool it's it's the weirdest show because there's so much of it that's filmed with just character study that they like nothing's really happening, but a lot is happening. I have a list of shows that I, that I keep <laughs> keep talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for. Oh, now exactly. Have, we have all have a list, right? My head, like Katie. We all have a list, right? Well, I, mean, I, I don't have a list because right? I watch everything because I have more. T- I sleep less than you guys, and so oh, I watch yeah, stuff. No. Yeah, you watch a lot of television. I watch yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm always like, I'm always so impressed. I like by the time that I'm done like kid activities and dinner and like uh, all the other stuff, it's like nine thirty, and I'm like, all right, I do an hour of TV <laughs> and then I read and go to bed. Well, so here's the deal, right? And this is why this is why Melanie gets frustrated too. So they all go to bed. Mel's in bed by ten. I really can't sleep till midnight. Yeah, so you were so you were two hours yeah. from ten to midnight and really later. These days, yeah. I'm about one last night like a madman. Um, <laughs> from time to midnight, I just watch stuff while I'm like working or working on projects, and like I can keep sure. track of both things too. So yeah, yeah that's I mean, that's cool. don't I you wake up earlier than your wife too? Oh, like you go to bed much later? Oh, you're not yeah, anymore. John, John just doesn't sleep. Not anymore. <laughs> I do. So I've been doing like twelve thirty ish to seven. So oh like six and a half hours every night. Mm. Like I'll get up. The thing is, I'll get up at seven on. Actually, that's about what I do. And um, Mel won't. So that's our trade-off. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fair. You know what? Um, I've been putting off forever that I really want to check out is Chernobyl. There's a, a I HBO started that soon one. to be Max miniseries. Yeah, that, it's okay. good. Is it? Yeah. I yeah, I didn't. That's I, another one, though. That's hard to watch. Yeah, I got yeah. like I think two episodes in, and I was like, I need to pause on this one. I I can't. I don't know. I intense, I need TV as escapism. The more the, the older I get, it's I'm a good, like, it's a nice escape, right? Yeah, it's I, I not say, a nice escape. No, I, I, I will say not. this: one of one of the reasons why I started rewatching Parks and Rec is because I wasn't 
was kind of feeling a little down about some things here and there, and it, it, yeah. it pepped me right back up. So yeah, I, that's the reason one why I love that. Parks and Rec. You can fly through a half an hour comedy too pretty quickly. Absolutely. So like I, I like to always yep. have like at least one half an hour comedy that's like in the back pocket. I like to that they're mixing genres now too. We're like we're getting we're getting thirty minute shows that are dramas, and we're getting because mm. right every sitcom used to be funny, and every funny sitcom used to be thirty minutes. Yeah. And so now we're getting like thirty minute dramas, and we're like getting dramas that are funny that are <laughs> yeah. like forty five. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to fix like see what people want. Next topic. Uh, speaking about TV, Melanie and I are planning on finishing season three of Ted Lasso this weekend. And yes. the Apple TV favorite is fantastic again. Oh. Uh, Ted Lasso does a wonderful job of portraying real life characters with true reactions to their lives. And as well, it does an outstanding job dealing with the anxiety and depression that all the characters experience in their high yes. stress performance lives. Uh, the cast visited the White House on March 20th, uh, right before the season, to participate in a conference about mental health. And the show destigmatizes mental illness in a workplace setting and is a good step towards normalizing mental health issues in general. And so to ask a question that isn't related to television at all, as more is expected of us as humans and the challenge to be high functioning, but also have fulfilling personal lives grow, how can we be more aware of our own mental health and what things can folks do to normalize their own struggles? Ooh, excellent. I, it's Mental I, Health Awareness Month. Excellent question. <laughs> That's why I asked it. <laughs> and I really, I, I really want to talk about season three of Ted Lasso because I'm all caught up, but I know that probably most of the people aren't. We're not. I 100%. am two episodes, but that's for this weekend. <laughs> I, no, I, it takes I, an hour. I, yeah. I, I love this show because yes, it's 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 it, oh my god, it's so heart wrenching, and it does bring up a lot of different areas. Mental health is definitely one of them. Uh, this season, they're doing a lot more than just mental health, which I think is which is uh, amazing. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like someone who is like, I mean, the, uh, the second season definitely focused a lot uh, on Ted Lasso's mental health. And spoiler alert, he's a guy <laughs> that you would see and he looks so put together and you would never, mm -hmm. ever think that he was a guy that was going through what he was going through. Yeah. So this is related, I think, to a lot is like, why do we have why are there so many people that put so much effort to trying to put other people down? Because I think that has to do with with mental health, too. It's like, why are people focusing so much on why they hate certain people or why they just don't like certain people? It's mm. it's 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 sad that people have to focus on that. And that essentially is, is almost become the focus of their life. So what can we do about I mean, obviously, you want to try and check in with as many people as possible, even even the ones that you don't talk about. Like one thing that I love about that, I, I didn't re actually realize this until a couple episodes ago. This has given us a fantastic opportunity to catch up with friends that we have not talked to in a long, long time. Yeah, it's a good point. It just re-energizes hey, me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, shout out to Eric. It re-energizes re like, me personally to be able to catch up with all these people that we used to see every single day, but we haven't seen them in maybe 20 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I, I think more people need to do certain things like that to just look out for each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We live in a really like visual space right now too, which makes I think everything significantly harder. Like we're all we're all sharing in one way or another like the best experiences and the best side of ourselves and we are not often sharing like the crummy parts of our day or when things go really wrong. So it, we're we're sort of staring at this perpetual feed no matter what platform you're on of just like 
you know, highly curated perfection and thinking mm-hmm. like, oh man, like I have, <laughs> I have like laundry, I'm late for everything. You know, my, like all these aspects of my life aren't going well. And it's, it's, it is really difficult because when you try to get more realistic about what is actually happening, then it, you know, you're kind of opening yourself up to either a lot of people like offering help, which maybe you don't actually need or, you know, or looking like you're a mess, which maybe you don't really want to project. So it, I feel like we, we're sort of put into a, a world right now where it's, it's difficult to be authentic, but because we're not being truly authentic, we're all kind of making each other feel yeah. like no one is living up to a crazy expectation that no one actually really wants to live up to. So it, it's, yeah. it's a tricky environment right now. I, I struggle with it a lot. I, I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I think, mm-hmm everyone is posting the best versions of their life because that's Absolutely. what social media is for, right? Yeah. But the problem is that people who are unhappy see that yep. and they're like, well, why yep. can't my life be like that? And meanwhile, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. you know, the people who are posting the perfect things are not perfect by any far because Definitely any, not. every yeah. adult struggles. You're, Nobody yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Every, everyone, everyone's hard. struggling. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. And the perception is so funny. Like I, I used to work in a publishing company where I worked with cookbook authors and I'm like an okay cook i'm not i'm not like by any means like an amazing home chef or you know or awesome at all of you're it, cooking but, it's good but yeah it's okay but i was sharing like you know things that i was doing canadian at work. thanksgiving man canadian thanksgiving yeah Rock it's the roll. best thanksgiving but no but I, so I was sharing like all these photos from from work and you know talking about projects that i really like which i you know still do today with what i do now full-time but i had a, a bunch of friends who i haven't talked to in a long time who were just like part of my you know, Facebook friends or Instagram friends who legitimately thought that I was a like cookbook author or like a home- <laughs> because of what I was sharing and just like glancing things in the feed was like, oh, well, but you're always posting these like, you know, really like gorgeous photos of like all of the food that you make or like, and it's like, ne- like, that's like me talking about like off professional authors that I work with who are like fantastic, like with you know, professional food photographers with professional food photographers. And like, and that wasn't even me. Like that was just me sharing things and that passing quickly by in the feed. So I, that like hearing what people were saying to that kind of hit me. And I, I try really hard to, to, you know, balance that out with like ridiculous things that happen or things we can all laugh about, but it it's hard. I like, and I certainly am, in that space, even staring at like what other people do, you know, when they're traveling or doing different things, you're like, oh, you know, I wish I was doing, I wish I was doing that, or I wish I was off these different places. So, how yeah, do you guys it's, handle it's hard. the drive to be high functioning? And and what I mean is, um, to have a, um, a successful, fulfilling work life, but also to have a successful, fulfilling personal life. Because <laughs> honestly, there's not enough time. It's for very both. hard. It's very hard to do that. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, things um, are getting not- much more compartmentalized these days, and. Especially yeah. when you have like a lot to work on in your house too. So when you get home, you're not really relaxing. I I, I will say that. I mean, I, now I have 18 jobs, so it's <laughs> it's very hard for me to decompress these days. Yeah. Um. So you decompress with us. And this I, is like that. That is part of it. That is part of it. Uh, some of the other things that I do social, like I play kickball on Friday nights. Yeah. Uh, and that's got a nice little physical and social aspect to it. So, uh. It's it's but you need those times. Like I I I'll say this too. Being the 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 kind of person that I am, I am not normally or naturally outgoing. Um it takes a lot of energy out of me to do something mm-hmm. like this. Uh now it's you guys, so I feel actually very comfortable. Uh the real estate thing is another story though, because these are people that I really don't know all that well. 
and I have to be, you know, all bubbly on. And, yeah. and on. Um, you guys remember when I was in the club too, and uh, I would, uh, you know, I would host these events for for uh, for these people in the Boston area, even more people that I didn't know. Uh, I was always just, again, so tired after doing hosting these events, trying to make sure everyone's having a good time, being as social as I possibly can. But I'm not like you, John. I'm not naturally social, so <laughs> it takes a lot out of me to to be like that. And uh, but it's it's something that you know, it, believe it or not, that's not that's not really something I admit to a lot of people too. So it's it's that, that and that's kind of on me as well. And that's that's something also having to do with mental health, right? You have to kind of mm-hmm. admit your weaknesses. Well, I think that introversion mm-hmm. and extroversion is a spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know where you are on that spectrum from. And I learned this from my wife, who is a mental health professional. Um, um, you know where you are on that spectrum because of how you get energy mm-hmm. and and how you feel recharged. And I know that when Jamie has to do a lot of uh, activities with her friends, which she really enjoys, and she goes out and she has fun, she needs to come home and she needs to decompress. And Mel's the same yeah. way. And I know that when COVID happened and I couldn't leave the house for four, three months, I almost exploded. <laughs> and went everywhere. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And everywhere, yeah. and the memes around about uh, during COVID about asking your extrovert friends if they were okay were true. That was yeah. my life, and, and so it's just about being aware of your limitations. I think it's about being aware of what you need and about taking the time for yourself. Which I think, unfortunately, as thirty and forty somethings, we don't do because there's no time for that. And so there has to be there has to be a way to grab space. You have to make. You, unfortunately, this is we're at a point where we probably have to schedule the time. You have to <laughs> schedule, yeah. Sp- schedule space no you really you really do we've been talking a lot about that in in like work podcasts and conversations that we've been having that like actually blocking time off on your calendar Mm -hmm. for things that are important to you whether that's like i'm going for a walk i'm going to kick but like we don't we are really notoriously bad at setting those boundaries and giving ourselves permission to do that and no one cares but we think people care like we're worried that you know, bosses and partners and friends and whatever are going to be like epically disappointed. But if we put it on the calendar the way that we do with everything else, it it actually is less stressful than it feels than it right. it actually seems. So that's how my type A anxiety manifests. Where I feel like everything is a much bigger deal than it yes, is, and it's same. definitely a much bigger deal than everyone else in the whole entire world thinks it is. <laughs> yeah. Secret topic. One thing I didn't get to on the the TV one uh, was. Uh, Steph in the chat mentioned Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome show. And this even goes back to like what original things are on TV now. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, we just finished it recently. It's freaking awesome. Um, and it's a story about uh, basically everybody's an actor except for one guy. And I've heard amazing. I've heard of this. I've yeah. heard yeah. of explain the premise, Pete, because it is literally so, very unique. So basically, um, this guy goes to Jury Duty, thinks it's a documentary about a jury right that's real and yes james marsden is in it but he's playing himself and what he doesn't realize though is that james marsden everybody else in the trial it's all fake they're all acting and he's basically like in the truman it's like show, the truman show it's yeah, like it the truman show but it's, it's the truman show but it's done by the creators and or some of the creators of the office so it has that style of humor and yeah. it's it's just delightful and the guy the real life guy who thinks everything's real and is not acting is a genuinely great human being. So it's, it's very wholesome in that way uh, awesome. and still hilarious. So 
For sure. Yeah, I've heard a few people say that they just love it. So that one, that one is nearing the top. Last of Us, <laughs> Jury Duty. What were some of the other ones? There was like a few others that are right there at the top of ones that I'm feeling FOMO about not having seen yet. Last of Us. Watch Last yeah. of Us. I'll and um, Shrinking also. Yes. Watch Shrinking on Apple TV. I haven't heard as much about that one. I need to re-up my Apple TV. I keep pausing that one. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one I'm like, I'll get to this when I have time. Oh, I get the next topic gadget. Next topic. So I'm going to end my topics with a guilty pleasure of mine. I am sorry, not sorry to report, if you haven't heard, that Taylor Swift and longtime boyfriend Joe Alwyn drop, uh, broke up after six years of dating. And a departure from other relationships. Swift Mark, do you have a chance? This... <laughs> We're going to get to that. Uh, Swift <laughs> kept this one under wraps for a while when they first started dating in 2017. Perhaps this breakup comes at a somewhat convenient time as Taylor can focus on her heiress tour, which has been running strong for two months and coincidentally will be in my neck of the woods this very Ooh. weekend. Are you going? I'm actually not. She um, is not independently wealthy anymore. I was going to say, you jobs. don't have thousands of dollars to spend on a Taylor Swift concert? So everyone, what do we feel is next for Taylor Swift after breaking up with Joe Allen? Finding another man to date and then break up with and write songs about. You know what I'm really looking forward to, actually? So, you know how we like to talk about that Gwen Stefani wrote really good songs when she was, like, depressed and after breaking up with, uh... Well, that is true. She's a bad writer when she's not sad. Yeah. His name is Gavin Rossdale. Gavin (laughs) Rossdale, I just saw him. He's no, so even even before that, he, he, like before the the bassist from and, his and name no is doubt. Tony. I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yes. that's that's what uh, "Don't Speak" was essentially about, right? Was her yeah. breakup with, uh, so. with Tony? <sighs> so I think so. That's what I'm really, I'm kind of selfishly looking forward <laughs> to. Some really good music coming out now. Yeah. Um. One Steph did point out though, a lot of the album "Midnights" is about this relationship ending and yes. it's in it's in very subtle ways I, I think very subtle yes but i i mean i think she's grown so much as a writer especially during she's the absolutely pandemic. and like, as a and as a vocalist too like if you oh, hear yeah. her first albums and then you you hear like the ones that she's doing now it's amazing how much like she's she's obviously not like you know the best singer in the world but her vocal Oh, she's polished and professional and now. She's, she's a lot. Yes, absolutely. I'm going I'm to write that in a letter to her. I am going to write a letter to her. <laughs> you should. So here's you the should. thing. Here's the thing. Being a Taylor Swift fan, um, she she loves the number 13. This is the 13th year or a 13th anniversary that I have been a huge Taylor Swift Ooh, fan. Ooh, so. put that wow. in the letter. Okay. Right. Exactly. Top. Exactly. And then ask her to be on the show. You say I'm I'm sort of an internet yeah, I know. personality. I know. I know. We've got I we've got semi-viral. I think that she. <laughs> does excel in tough situations but i think a lot of artists do i think they need that i mean they almost need the drama in their lives because um dak shepherd talks about how actors and performers and artists are a special kind of narcissist and you have to be a special kind of narcissist to be that way to be like everybody look at me i'm special and so he talks about that on his podcast all the time because it's true um he's that way all his friends are that way um i just think it's kind of the nature of the beast I feel for her though. This was a six-year relationship. This was this this was it's one. A, yeah, it's a long time. It's a very long time, especially in in Hollywood terms too. Uh, and it's it's one that I think that she was taking a lot more seriously than her other relationships because again, no one really knew about it for the first like few months, she, maybe she even a year. It. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which is so different than all the other relationships she she's had with, especially some famous people like Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. and John Mayer. 
I think she went, she took this one super seriously, and I, I feel bad that it, it ended, but... If you think about um, every Hollywood relationship that you see that has lasted, they're all the ones that go, and they go away. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince, like, they just weren't famous for 10 years. Yeah, the, yeah, I, that was what I was about to say, is that, like, I, as sad as I, and I am not a, a huge Taylor Swift fan, I don't know her music as well other than, like, radio plays, but, I like, she's a... She is a marketing machine and she is at, she at is. her absolute prime. So she's not ready to, she's not ready right. to be Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince. To like, I completely <laughs> agree. Like she needs to be ready at a point where she's willing to step away in order to have a successful relationship. And she would be an idiot to do that right now. Like she's at the prime of her. There wasn't a lot of publicity with this particular relationship though. Like people knew that they were dating after a while. Except for the four or five songs about it. Yes, but like, but still, like, can you imagine? I mean, come on. Can you imagine though being the like the partner to someone like Taylor Swift? Like she, she, she could not be more famous than she is right now, right. and that is not. She is not going to let that go right now. So like, and, and he's barely had any like really second. reputable roles. Yeah. So. so like that that person is always going to be second. So unless you have someone who's like really confident in themselves, or like is from a like like is like a a doctor or a plumber like someone's like not a singer not famous in any way like i just think she's got i she's either gonna to just date and it not be successful or not date at all but like she's not ready for a serious relationship because she she can't speaking of like work-life balance she is a thousand percent work with no life bet she has no time and bandwidth to have any kind of personal relationship that she can devote more than more time to than her career. Her career is number one right now, which yeah. should be like she that's yeah. she's worked super hard for it. So she's she said as much in some of her midnight's lyrics too. I, I just I can't, can't even so proud of yeah. you, Pete. I can't even imagine. <laughs> so many mentions. She's gonna be so proud. <laughs> Katie, can I can I just say you're very passionate about this without being a Taylor Swift fan, by the way. I love it. Like, I, I just I, I feel like I like I don't know. I like I'm with John. I think that like the successful relationships in that kind happen. of environment, like it, it can, can happen, happen, but it's it's so, so like hard. Tom Hanks, like I, Rita Wilson, yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon, Kara Sedgwick. I mean, yeah. it can happen. It's not. It's not. I just. I guess likely. I just feel for yeah. them. Like if I like, she's she just has like absolutely everything, and like from that standpoint, and I to like have to balance that out with a relationship and someone else's like feelings and baggage and the other side of it would just be really difficult like she um, she just yeah. doesn't have and time, then we like, can talk about and, and and taylor swift light olivia rodrigo when um good for you came out <laughs> when all of that album came out joshua bassett became enemy number one for the whole world oh, i mean joshua yeah. bassett actually tells a story where he heard that song and he didn't come out of his house for two weeks and he had an anxiety attack for a year a year yeah. because she essentially ruined his life yeah, even it's gotta broke suck up Am- to be like the partners to the, right. some of even these Even though they people, broke right? up Amazon Lake and yeah. he waited two weeks and then he dated another girl, right? Yeah. And they like they respected each other. She was like, ah, yeah. fuck that. Fuck yeah. that guy. You guys should all hate that guy because he's an asshole. I mean, like, It's, a, it's really? a tornado that you gotta be aware that you're gonna get sucked up in if you get involved in their lives that personally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel old. I know who Olivia, uh, Olivia Rodrigo is, but I have no idea who the other guy that you just mentioned. Joshua Bassett is the no guy. Joshua is. Bassett. He's, he is her ex boyfriend that she wrote all those songs about, and he is the he's the curly hair kid from um, 
uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series that they played mm. opposite yeah. each other. Nope, don't know. Great show. <laughs> I've seen that one. Ste- Steph would know that one for sure. <laughs> and I definitely have a 10-year-old, and that show came out when she was eight. And we definitely well, there you, go. Oh, there you go. I don't watch that with my children. Mm. Have the children. Still a great show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to pull a, uh, a first-time live thing. I'll be right back. Sure. But Pete, we're out of time. No, okay. we're out of well, time, Pete. Well, okay, fine. Then before we start the next one. You got to bring a toilet now. Sorry. I do. Wait. Does that mean we can do a final topic while Pete's not here? Maybe we should sing the final topic song so Pete won't yell at us. He yells it's at us every time. It's the final topic. The final topic. Pete's going to like... He's like, did you do it? We'll be like, we didn't do it, Pete. We, we didn't do it, Pete. Too, we Pete respect totally. you too much. To we, we respect you too much. <laughs> Pete watching back the video later. Like, Wait no. for <laughs> Those sons of bitches. Pete's back. Pete's back. Pete, we definitely didn't do the final countdown. Okay? We, don't, we did not do the final oh, okay. countdown. We right. definitely didn't do it. We didn't do it. Uh, no, no, no. Something tells me if I listen to this back. <laughs> and so because... This just happened, and it probably won't be topical if I keep it. We're going to ask this question. Um, Martha Stewart made history this week at Martha 81 Stewart, years old. Yes. She's Go the Martha oldest Stewart. person to pose for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition cover. Let's clap for Martha Stewart. Actually, press Martha the button. Um, she states, the whole aging thing is sort of boring. And she <laughs> says she met this challenge by Im- implementing a Pilates routine and cutting carbs. Oh, Martha Stewart. You're I so love silly. Uh, I love carbs. Martha lives just on straight vodka, <laughs> so she doesn't need so, to cut any carbs. <laughs> how just, is Martha Stewart no carbs defying the law of nature by simply cutting carbs? And can we talk about how cool of a statement this is by the folks at Sports Illustrated and their clearly chauvinistic history? She looked phenomenal, by the way, in, in, uh, in the, on the cover and, and some yeah. of the photos that they did. Like, she looks really good. She's I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed she's 81. Yeah. Um, 81! I'm also wondering a, when yeah, Helen Mirren is going to get on that. Yeah, like, so let's why get Helen Mirren on. Yeah, the world is different now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, beauty is beauty, and as beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I, I think she she, she looks, looks great. phenomenal. She looks yeah. great. She, she looks great. great. She and did kudos, a great job. kudos to Sports Illustrated for thinking about something like this. Yeah, I, I yeah mean, they approached her. She didn't ask. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Really? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Okay. She's, I don't know, she's incredible. She's like the ultimate comeback kid. She can, she's she can do Dog. like, she can do the craziest possible things. She's literally been to jail and she's uh, just like, she's literally, couldn't yeah. be more fine. Let's, let's I was going to say, she's, she's been to jail. Yeah, right. She's she been to jail. This, this it was a white collar crime, but uh, come on. This is the woman who like literally has had like flasks under her chair and just been like straight up drinking while on TV and people are just still like, Martha Stewart, we love her. We trust yeah, her. I would, do that. I would do that if I could. Yeah, she's just, she's a little crazy. I might maybe be doing a lot that now. crazy. There we go. There yeah. we go. She did a show and she's friends with Snoop because she did a show with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her and yeah. Snoop hang out. Which was a um, great show. She's just, she's just really yeah, funny. funny. It's kind of amazing. It's funnier yeah. than it has any business being. <laughs> like, you, you, sure you can tell. Any business being. I mean, yeah. you can tell they're like really friends too. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Like, that's what's really nice about that. She's that's really cool. great at just, and, and who knows how much of this, I guess, is like, she's worked her she's worked through but she's really great at just being herself and she doesn't take herself Mm -hmm. too seriously and people speaking of like you know authenticity and you know and 
mental health and all like she's she's pretty great at just rolling with the punches and being fine with people seeing her like not so great sides and her awesome sides like she started off being like the person who was like go to your pantry and get the mushrooms you foraged earlier this morning <laughs> and you're gonna also want your you know, your italian blah 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 thing that you got yesterday and you're like i have none of these things in my house martha like at that that was the level that she was at and yet somehow is insanely relatable, which I like that's admirable. Like the fact that she's able to pull that off is really admirable. <laughs> yeah. She has a cool house. Um, Like maybe 10 minutes from my mother's. I was going to say, um, yeah, yeah, I talked yeah, about how she's, she's, old, she's your neighbor's mother. She's a yeah. or your mother's she neighbor. That's what I wanted to say. She has. And it's like uh, it has like it has like a cool greenhouse right in the front of it. And then like yeah. way back is the two houses and just like the nicest property. Yeah, Shout she out to got Christina. that house right after she got. Hey, mom, she doesn't listen. My mom doesn't listen, but <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <sighs> now this is the first one. Oh, John! <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your you show know. about? You never know. Your mom's not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Italian. It's like a little. Close. It's a little close. It's a little close. Good what for her. Good for her, and good for Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Yes. I'm proud for of real. them both. Did you know my mom has tattoos? No, what? 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 Two. Two tattoos. Where? My mom's what? a badass. Okay, good what, for what Martha. Good for Sports Illustrated. Good for John's mom. Way to go, yes. everyone. Christina, I'm <laughs> and so my disappointed. My mom has been in more now. fights than me, too. Well, that, that, I, I, that I definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah. I bet you're not going to fight that. with anyone, John. Yeah. No, like yeah, physical fights. My mom's been in physical fights. And like, not, <laughs> like, kind of recently. Well, we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah doesn't surprise me. Man. Wait, was it at I'm, casinos? Was that at a no, casino? No. Okay. No. There was a whole situation. I could definitely with, see her doing at casinos. There was a whole mama bear situation with Marion that she handled. Oh, uh, I believe that too. Okay. I believe that too. Yeah. 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 I was thinking oh, that yeah. this was like way back when it was like, it was a generation of fisticuffs. <laughs> generation of fisticuffs. <laughs> We need to bring that back. Just and there was only a right. calling it like, fisticuffs. <laughs> right. Uh, this is a formal acknowledgement of a fight. There are rules. Can you fisticuffs in an old-timey voice? Yes, I challenge you to a match of fisticuffs. Yeah, see? <laughs> see? Yeah, see? Yeah. I'm going to punch you in the face now, see? Hey! Uh, <laughs> what was the topic? And we're vamping. Martha Stewart in, in a swimsuit. In a swimsuit. How did we get At 81. Here? I literally learned about this from my Alexa and I looked at it and it said Martha Stewart on cover of Sports Illustrated and I googled the thing and I was just like what the fuck is this? That was and on the news. Was yeah. It was on the news the other day. Awesome. Yeah, what, I just, what a cool news story. I just oh. saw the cover and I was like oh okay. The, you know your typical <laughs> what the f that's Martha okay. Stewart? Wow okay. <laughs> go her. Go her. Oh, go her. We love you Martha. We love you Martha Stewart. Yes, Martha, you're the best. D despite your white collar crimes, she's not a sponsor. <laughs> like your white no, collar because crimes. of your white collar crimes, we love you even more. <laughs> what did she even go to jail for? Was that just insider trading? Insider trading. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She would have gotten like, away with it if she was on the in one of the sports teams. That's how they got <laughs> She played for the NFL. Yeah. Yay! Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sports talk. Sports, sports talk. talk. Katie, you're doing an excellent job with sports talk. Thank you. Thank you. Sports yes. talk radio. Sports, sports talk, talk radio. radio. I think we're good. Right? I think we're probably good. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. I when do I start? Go ahead. Just start talking. I'll do the rest. All right. So that has been our ten topics. We would like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Please follow or like us on our socials at IfTheseBallsPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.iftheseballscouldtalkpod.com. 
where you can see our sports news of the day, our AI story hour, or you can talk to us through Discord. This is Mark Peshian for my partner, John Campania, and producer Pete Steffen. That's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. Bye, everyone. Bye.